armed officers at the door. Police? She opened the door. In the instant Cora absorbed their grave faces, half in shadow under the porch light, she was pricked by a twinge of unease. Something was wrong. Not the kind of wrong that accompanies a late-night visit by the police, but something darker. She had no time to ponder it. Sorry to trouble you, ma'am, one of the officers said. We're checking on the welfare of residents here. Is everything all right? Yes, why? Can you tell us how many people are in your home tonight? Just me and my daughter. Why? As one of the officers took notes, a thousand points of concern flashed across Cora's mind. She glanced to the street for a patrol car, finding a late model sedan. She didn't think the two men were with the county or the volunteer posse. She scanned their uniforms for a shoulder patch and found one. But since she really never encountered police, she was not sure if the officers were from Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, or Gilbert. I'm sorry, Cora said. Who are you with? We're with the task force, the first officer said. Ma'am, are there any firearms in your residence? No. I hate guns. What task force? What's this about? Earlier tonight, an inmate escaped custody, a convicted murderer. He was sighted in this area of the community. Oh, my God. I'm afraid there's a bit more to this. May we come in? Yes, of course. Cora let the two men enter her home. Inside, the officers looked around Cora's living room. Was your daughter located at this time? The first officer asked. Down the hall, in her bedroom. She's asleep. The officer nodded to his partner. We'll check on her welfare. But she's fine. Cora watched the second officer quietly enter Tilly's room, while the first officer spoke to her. It's routine, he said indicating the kitchen. Let's go there and I'll explain. The first officer went directly to the sink over the kitchen window that looked out to Cora's backyard. He pulled a pocket telescope from his utility belt, clenched one eye and gazed through it. The suspect is in the house directly behind yours, one row back. I don't understand. The officer turned to her and she noticed a scar running along his jaw. We're here to help set up a perimeter for the SWAT team, he said. At that point, the second officer emerged, nodded to his partner, and approached them at the sink. Ma'am? The first officer offered Cora his scope. Take a look. It's the house with the pool lights. She was apprehensive. Go ahead. Her kitchen seemed to be closing in on her as the two officers now stood near. Was this a dream? She took the telescope, raised it to her eye, not sure what she was looking for, when pain shot through her skull. Her hair strained her scalp, pulled by some force. Duct tape peeled. Cora's mouth was sealed before she could cry out. The invaders moved her swiftly and silently to a kitchen chair, taping her ankles, her wrists, and her chest to it. Terrified, Cora looked down the hall. 
The first man drew his face to Cora's. Your daughter is fine. Look at me. Cora tried to talk. Are you going to cooperate so we can get through this quickly? Cora nodded. We do not want to hurt you or your daughter, understand? Cora nodded. If you resist, we will kill your daughter in front of you. Cora sobbed against the tape. Do you understand? If you cooperate, you survive. Cora understood. We know you work for Lyle Galviera at Quick Draw Courier. Cora nodded. I'm going to remove the tape and we'll talk. If you scream, if you refuse to cooperate, or if you lie, you and your daughter will die. Do you understand? Cora nodded, and the second man yanked the tape from Cora's mouth. She gasped, swallowed, and listened to the first man.